Well, good morning. It is great to be here with all of you and give you a quick introduction. Uh, to my right, your left, is my wonderful bride, Corey Schwartz. Behind every good man is a great woman, so I will declare that. Uh, um, so we are with Life and Messiah International. That name is probably familiar to a lot of you. Uh, Dave and Beth Brewer were supported by your church for many years. Their father is here in our midst. And uh, I was a colleague of David and Beth until God called them on to pastor, uh, help Lloyd Poley at Calvary Oldbridge. So um, thank God, thank you for your church for supporting them while they were ministering to the Jewish community in Toronto and then here in the Lakewood area. So Life of Messiah, raise your hand if you are familiar with that, because I don't want to bore you with too many details. But as you know, Life of Messiah, we're the oldest Jewish ministry in North America. We actually have that claim. We were founded in 1887. We have missionaries and staff workers throughout the world, Israel, Argentina, France, the Netherlands, even have someone in Japan encouraging the churches there and helping them know how to pray and and support Jewish ministries. And we have missionaries in um, Canada and Mexico. But our story is I'm a Jewish believer in Yeshua the Messiah. Uh, I came to faith um, in 1994 uh, out of a life of drugs and alcohol and all that that entails and uh, was introduced to Yeshua, Jesus. I was like, I can't believe in him. You know, I'm Jewish. Someone's like, well, Jesus is Jewish. I'm like, no, you're a liar. He's like, no, read the Bible. So I went home and I just started reading the Bible. got a New Testament. I opened it up and I was like, please don't strike me, God, with lightning. I opened it up and no lightning, thank God. And I fell in love with the person of Jesus. He met my felt needs. He, he met my anxiety, my fears, my concern about death. Life after death. I think we all worry about that at some point. Uh, COVID-19 has brought death right in front of our eyes, right? As we've watched the news. Um, But I started to read the Bible and realized, oh my gosh, this Jesus who I was brought up and indoctrinated to believe that he wasn't for us. Because my mom says, you don't believe in Jesus. We're Jewish. They're Gentiles. They have their God and we have our God and we have one. They have three. See, they need three. We only have one. You know, it's a joke. But I realized how Jewish he was and he celebrated the Passover. And in John 10, he celebrated Hanukkah and was at the temple on the Feast of Dedication and remembering God's faithfulness um, during the Maccabee times, uh, Maccabees. And uh, I was like, wow. So July 29th, 1994, I put my faith and trust in Jesus as my Messiah. I was born again. Everything was a little brighter. Everything was color, like in 3D. Curse words were like, oh my gosh, that doesn't sound right. You know, that was part of my vocabulary. And I was like, wow, Lord, your word tells me that the Jewish people, there's a remnant. And how will they hear without a preacher? How will they preach unless they're sent? And God 
put a calling on my heart uh, to reach my own people. And uh, eventually God called my wife and I. Uh, We were living in Vermont. And God sent these Jewish rabbis in training into Vermont where we were living. And they would go around the towns. They're part of the Chabad Lubavitch sect of Orthodox Judaism. And they want every Jew to be more Jewish. And if every Jew becomes more Jewish, then the Messiah will come. So it's their, you know, their, it's their passion. You know, if every Jew will celebrate the Shabbat the way God intended us to observe the Shabbat, Messiah will come. So get your candles into the hands of the women. Lay to fill in the black prayer straps and pray the Shema. And everybody in one time will honor the Shabbat and, and Messiah will come. Um, but it's not about good works. While we were st- yet still sinners, Messiah died for us, right? It's not about what we do. It's what he has done for us. But we were sitting in the living room and chatting for hours with these two rabbis in training. And my wife was bitten with the missionary bug as we had John chapter 3 opened up in front of them. And we were challenging them. And they're like, "We ever have you ever heard the words of Yeshua, Jesus? They're like, no. Would you like to? And they're like, yes. I'm like, did he just say yes? Get the Bible. So we open up to John chapter t- 3. And my wife's like slid the Bible. And he's like, here, take a look at this. And you know John 3. Nicodemus, a Pharisee, comes at night, right? And that's a key. They come at night. Those that are wondering about Yeshua, Jesus, that are Jewish, are going to come at night. They're going to come secretly because there's a lot at stake. Everything's at stake. We can talk about that at another time in another place if Pastor Keith has me back. Lo and behold, they read through. And for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but through him he would save the world. And as Moses lifted up a serpent and they both looked at each other, Moses, Moses Rabbeinu, he's the greatest one, and he's in the New Testament. And they stopped and they said, we've never heard such things. And uh, they heard the gospel right there. And I was like, this is amazing. And my wife then was like, she comes to bed with me and she says, I don't want to do anything else but this. I'm like, come on, let's do it. So that's how we got involved. We started to seek the Lord and we got uh, hired by Life of Messiah uh, in 2012. We then went to Illinois. I'm landing the plane on the introduction. Wheels down. Tray tables up. Seats in the upright position. Um, Went to Moody. Studied Dr. Michael Rodelnik, Jewish studies. And then God sent us to Brooklyn, the largest Jewish population outside of Israel. We served in Brooklyn for five years. And then COVID-19 happened. And as you know... People are buying houses, people are moving, people are losing their jobs, people are changing jobs, and God had opened this amazing door we didn't even know was open to come and serve in the Lakewood area. So we have been in Brick, New Jersey, since June 25th. That's it. Do the math. How many days is that? We've been here like six weeks. I'm like a new, I still have my diaper on. I'm a little baby here learning about the beach and everything, and just learning that when this reservoir is open, I've been told that hundreds of Orthodox walk right here. 
I'm going to come pray in your parking lot. Join me if you want. But we are here. There's 100,000 Jewish people. You guys already know. I don't need to sell you on it. You see it, right? I just did some research. So we, we are just here reopening this field that David and Beth had started to work. We're taking our time. We've been told, don't rush out. Take the pressure off yourself, Scott, and just do some studying, do some learning about the community. Because if we had a Jewish evangelism class, there are so many different sects of Judaism. The Jewish people in Lakewood are the lit fish. It's hard to explain, but at another time, I will explain about that. But learning about the community, and um, we are excited to see what the Lord has in store here for us. And we want to serve you. We want to encourage you in any way we can to equip you. Because you might be able to reach a Jewish person in Target or Walmart or in the supermarket that I might not be able to bump into. But So that's what we're doing. We're here serving with Life of Messiah. Um, and uh, if you have your Bible or your smartphone, you can open up to Matthew chapter 6. The title of my message today is COVID-19 Heart Check. You didn't think you were going to the doctor today, but you are. Out on the welcome desk in between the two doors that you leave is our brochure. I think there's enough for everybody. It tells you a little bit about Life of Messiah if you've forgotten who we are. There's a place that you can tear off and fill out your name, address, email, phone number if you are curious to hear about what we are doing and how you can pray for us and the work that we are beginning and hopefully we'll have great success here in Lakewood. You can fill out and get our updates. If you're on Facebook, send me a friend request and I'll put you on our Shabbat with the Schwartzes uh, Facebook page. It's private. We actually have a picture of you guys, the front of the church here. So you'll get to see, oh, that's my church. But uh, if you'd like to fill it out, hand it to my wife after. And there's also some cards you can take to put on your refrigerator or your dartboard to throw darts at my family. That's a joke. But let's pray real quick as we look at the word this morning. Father, thank you for this day. Uh, thank you, Lord, that um, death cannot hold you. The grave before you, Lord. The last enemy of, of death, you conquered that. And we follow you in resurrection. Lord, we worship you and thank you for eternal life this morning. We don't take it for granted. It's a gift. And Lord, we pray right now for the Jewish community. In Jesus' name, we ask that you would take the scales off their eyes, Lord. You declare that there's a remnant chosen by you. And we pray that you'd reveal the Messiah to them, and that you might use us, this church, in that effort, Lord, if it be your will. And we thank you for your word. May you encourage us this morning as we look at your truth. And we pray all of these things in Jesus' name and Trinity Bible Church says, Amen. Amen. So COVID-19 heart check. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 through 34. And before we look at the scripture, with this crazy pandemic, right, it was worse in March, right? But back in March, I woke up with a sore throat. 
And I heard an O there. That's right. What did I? Oh my gosh, I have it. I'm sick. Well, it was just allergies, right? But where did my mind go? All right. If we're honest with ourselves in these days, we are all a little bit more anxious and a a little bit more worried about our bodies, right? Than we were back in February. COVID-19 has made all of us a little bit more worried than normal, right? I'm kind of, I want to throw the mask away. We were on vacation in South Jersey. We moved all of our stuff. Then we went and my, my daughter has her mask to here. And she was like, I can say this. She was like the mask Nazi. Masks up. I just want ice cream. I'm on vacation. Everyone's so concerned. Everyone's on edge, right, with this pandemic. And we could still be asking ourselves months later, right, how many months? I'm a big hockey fan, and the Stanley Cup playoffs have just started, and they said it's been five months since the season was on pause. That's hard to believe we have made it through five months. We made it, I don't know about here, but we were in Brooklyn during the height. And we didn't go anywhere. I don't know if you, we didn't go any. We were locked down, locked down, and I gained 15 pounds. Quarantine 15. But you ask yourselves, when will this end, right? When will we be able to meet in a sanctuary and not be social distanced? When will we be able to put our masks away for good? When will we be able to go to a baseball game and sit in the stands, right? Will things ever get back to normal? Things have been stripped away from us. The things that we use to escape our daily lives have been stripped away, right? You can't even eat in a restaurant anymore. You can't go into Manhattan to go to the theater if you like Broadway, You can't go to a Blue Claws game in Lakewood to watch a little baseball on a Saturday night with your family and have a hot dog and a drink. Entertainment, sports, theater, going out to eat, going to a concert, all of life has been put on pause. We've all been forced to stop and slow down. This time of crisis has given us an opportunity, if you're like me, to give yourself a spiritual heart check. Well, our great physician, Yeshua, gives us a test. And we find that test in Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. I think it'll be up on the screen. I'm going to read through the text in one fell swoop. And we'll go back and unpack it together. So Yeshua, Jesus, gives us a spiritual heart check. And in chapter 6, he says, therefore, therefore, whenever there's a therefore, you find out what it's there for. We're going to look back at the beginning of the chapter. But he says, therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life. What you'll eat or what you'll drink about your body, what you'll put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? 
Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap or gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more value than they? And which of you being anxious? You're going to notice a word that continues to reappear. Okay? Five times in this passage, the word anxious is used. And which of you being anxious can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? If he was present day and he was living in Lakewood, he says, why are you anxious about your clothing? I'm speaking in Yiddish accent here. Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I, I, the Messiah, tell you, when the Lord says something, we should listen. What are you going to tell us, Lord? I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the fire or the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, as a result of that, right, do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat, what shall we wear, what shall we drink? For the Gentiles seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you again there's another therefore okay he's setting a stage therefore as a result of what you've just seen therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow why for tomorrow will be anxious for itself sufficient for the day is its own trouble so i mentioned earlier that this section starts with therefore so what it is it there for? It's there for. Why is it there? Right? It's there because in the beginning, we want to rewind to the chapter 6. And in Matthew chapter 6, he begins the spiritual heart check. How? Jesus checks our hearts in four areas. He checks our heart, and this is verse 1 through 24. We're going to put this into context. He checks our hearts in our giving, in our praying, in our fasting, did he really say that? Yes, he did. And in our possessions, our belongings, which are really his anyway. He challenges us to not lay up treasure in heaven. He says, we cannot serve God and money. Jesus then sets, sums up everything by saying, therefore, do not be anxious about your life, what you'll drink about your body, what you'll put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? These, Trinity, are the issues of the heart. The COVID-19 spiritual heart check. Are you anxious and are you worried? When we strip everything away, when it comes to the most important things, the things that matter most in our life, The essentials for life, 
God has them covered. Right? If we strip everything away, what are the essentials? We need to eat. We need to drink. And when it's 20 degrees out, Lord knows we need to be clothed, right? So food, clothing, and drink. God has the basics covered. When you think and meditate on what are the essentials for life, these are those things. I believe this pandemic has challenged us to reevaluate what is important in our lives. Right? We went months without hockey, right? We went months without the beginning of baseball. So maybe these athletes should realize, oh, maybe I don't need to make so much money. That's just my personal opinion. Don't tell them that. So Jesus tells us not to worry about these things, food, clothing, and drink. He doesn't leave us and say, hey, guys, good luck. (laughs) I hope you figure it out, right? You're on your own. Don't worry. Don't be anxious. No, he gives us and instructs us on how to deal with the worry in our hearts. Jesus says first to look in this passage. Look at the birds of the air that neither sow nor reap, but your heavenly father feeds them. Look at the birds stop and look intently to examine i don't know if you've ever done this but it's wonderful to go bird watching okay my wife tells me i'm a softy because i like birds now right i used to be a heavy metal crazy angry young man and now i'm watching birds right So I've become softer and gentler in my old age. I just turned 50. I'm not old. But if you ever looked or watched birds, they seem to not have a care in the world, right? They're just doing their thing. They're just trusting their Father in heaven to provide and care for them. Jesus is encouraging us to do the same. He then asks us a question. Are you of more value than they? We are more valuable than the birds. And God feeds them. If he feeds them, he will most certainly feed you and me. Verse 27. Keys in on the worrying. He says, which of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? I've heard it said that worrying is like a rocking chair. You ever heard that before? There's a lot of activity and you go nowhere, right? It is very true. Think about a person trying to go somewhere in a rocking chair. You're in your rocking chair on your porch and your wife says to you or your husband's, sweetheart, can you go get the mail? But go in the rocking chair. It's going to take you a long time to go down the driveway and get the mail, right? It's a lot of motion, and you don't get very far. Jesus tells us to look at the birds. Then he says for us to consider. So first we look. God gives us earthly illustrations and examples of heavenly truth right in front of our eyes. Look at the birds. 
what are they doing? They're just, they don't plant, you don't see them out with a little shovel, right? (laughs) Bring in the seed, guys. Okay, next house. They're just hanging out. They're just doing their thing. Getting some worms in the springtime. Then he says, consider. Consider the lilies of the field. Consider means to observe well or examine closely. This pandemic has caused all of us to do this, right? We lived in Brooklyn for five years and it was wonderful. Even though there was a pandemic, nobody on the road for two weeks, 14 days. Quiet. Everyone was forced. I remember when everybody started driving again, you would see people like want to hunk. Up, up, no, I don't need the hunk now. You know, everything had changed. Everything had slowed down. And Jesus here is telling us to slow down and consider. Consider the lilies to observe well or examine closely. When you examine something closely, you take your time. You're slowing down. Again, Jesus tells us to look, consider and observe his creation and learn from it. What are we to learn? We're to learn that God takes care of the birds. God takes care of his creation. So our bedroom of our new residence is a pretty tall house. It's three floors. The owner was a, is a construction owner of a construction company. We're on the second floor. I think the peak is 36 feet high. But we have these trees that were actually growing up so high, they're in the way on the window. And I'm like, we need to cut those down. And my wife's like, nope, nope. She was observing intently and realized there's some buds. She's like, they're going to bud. Just wait. I'm like, okay. I want to see out the window. Lo and behold, boom. I don't know what they are. We're going to look at them and examine and take some pictures. These beautiful purple, what would be the color, violet? Purple, violet. It's like we're near the ocean. It's just beautiful foliage. These beautiful purple flowers. Right in our window, I wake up and I see them. It's like a gift. It's like a gentle slap in the face. I'm here. Look at my creation. We didn't have this in Brooklyn. It's a daily reminder of God's faithfulness. My question for you is, where are your flowers to consider? Where are your flowers to consider? I encourage you, stop, slow down, and look at the lilies of the field. All nature depends on God, and God never fails. Amen? God always provides. We were in Moody. As I mentioned, we were in Chicago and south, in uh, South Chicago area in Illinois and living on a missionary salary at the beginning. We didn't have a whole lot of money coming in. I was a college student. I had left my job delivering as a milk dairy salesman, driving a truck. And uh, my wife calls me several times. One time we're driving home from church and the gas light comes on. Like today, <laughs> the gas light came on. We're in a little bit better financial position than we were then. But we were literally 
struggling. And the gaslight comes on and she's like, you have to take the car Monday and Tuesday. We don't get paid until Wednesday. We have like $6 in the account. And that, I don't think you're going to be able to get to school. I'm like, okay, you can worry about it. I'm going to take my Sunday afternoon nap after church. So I go take my nap and she wakes me up in the middle of my nap because she had forgotten her bag out in the car and she goes out into the car and under the windshield wiper blade was a $20 bill. Just enough money to fill up the gas tank. Another time, $9 in the account. Stories of the missionaries. God's faithfulness to encourage all of us. $9 in our account. She's crying, I have no food. Where's beans and carrots? I'm like, I don't know, throw some sugar. (laughs) I'm not feeding my kids carrots and beans. I'm like, all right. So we pray, Lord, help us provide. Well, he did later that night. A dear friend of the ministry arrives and says, I was just thinking about you guys. And I thought, why don't I cook for you tonight? She brings over sloppy joes, rolls, corn corn on the cob, coleslaw, dessert, apple crisp. We had a feast, enough to get us through until we got paid. God is faithful. Why do we worry about what we will wear or what we will drink or what we will eat? Our Father in heaven provides for us. So God never fails, amen? Verse 30, if your Father in heaven takes care of the birds and clothes the grass of the field, He says, how much more? He cares for them. He takes care of them. How much more will he take care of us? We are more important to him than the birds and the grass of the field, which is gone and comes back in its next season. As a result of those truths, therefore, do not be anxious saying what we will eat, what we will wear. Why? Verse 20, 32 tells us your heavenly father knows what you need before you even ask him. Earlier in the chapter, Jesus teaches us how to pray. He says, and when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the nonbelievers do, for they think they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them. Why? For your father knows what you need before you ask them. Isn't that comforting? Before the word is even on our lips, worship team, God knows exactly what we need. Think back on your life. All of us have a testimony, right? I ask you, this is important. Have you ever been without clothes? I have never been without clothes. Have you ever been without food? Have you ever been without drink? Most of us can say that it's never happened to me. God has been faithful. Then essentials have always been provided. So back to our current COVID situation. What will tomorrow bring? Don't we want to know? Aren't we anxious for tomorrow? We don't even know about school. We're still figuring it out. Pray for us. Do we homeschool? Public school? Are they having school? I've heard some schools are going to go Monday and Tuesday from 9 to 12. They're going to have a day off cleaning and then the other half of the school go Thursday and Friday. Very strange, right? Very strange. What will tomorrow bring? How long, O Lord, we can pray as the psalmist. When will it end? Jesus has an answer for us. I have an answer for you. When will it end? 
What if I told you I have the answer? You'd be like, I have the answer. But it's not, it might not be what you think. The answer comes in verse 34. You ready? You'll be like, I don't want to hear that. Tell me something else. Do not be anxious about tomorrow. For tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. So what are our takeaways today? I leave you with three things to take home to encourage your soul. One, look to the Lord. He says, look at the birds of the air as an encouragement for us to look to the Lord. Second, consider his faithfulness. He says to consider the lilies of the field, right? We are to consider his faithfulness. And three, rest in the present. Do not be anxious for tomorrow, for tomorrow will take care of itself. We are to rest in the present. So one, look to the Lord. If you struggle, look at the birds and then look to the Lord. Consider his faithfulness if you struggle. Consider the flowers today and then consider his faithfulness. And if you get anxious, rest in the moment. Rest in the present. Do not be anxious for tomorrow, for tomorrow will take care of itself. Amen? Let's pray. Father, thank you for being so clear for us. We run around, we get anxious, we look to and from and where are you? And we get anxious and we worry about tomorrow and when will COVID end? Will there be a vaccine? Can I take the vaccine? Lord, we just breathe today and know that you're here. We look to you, Lord. We consider, we meditate, we observe, we remind ourselves of your faithfulness. And then the peace of God comes and we are able to rest in the present. Lord, I pray for the folks here today that you bless them. Give them that that peace that passes all understanding. And bless us this day as we trust in you. We thank you for your love and your faithfulness. In Jesus' name, amen.